Okay, so how did you get it fixed? Oh, I scrolled a little something away. All right. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into talking about invisible money. I'll see you on the flip. Invisible income. I tell you, that is something that I have had to learn how to gather, how to make, how to secure, and I'm still learning, but I'm going to share it with you today because that is going to be the wisdom smack for today. So I want to welcome you to this podcast officially. And as I've said before in the A part, I'm Michelle Spiva and we got a lot to cover. So I'm going to be talking to you about how to create, gather, and get invisible income. So the first thing I want to say is this, is that when you are uh, wanting to start generating more wealth, more income or anything that you can use to uh, increase your lifestyle, better your lifestyle, there are certain things that you kind of have to understand. And so I'm going to be covering some things that I've covered before, but I can't assume that everybody listens to every podcast because I know I do them daily. So if you'll permit me, I'm going to go back through a quick little primer of the basics that you need to understand about getting money from other people. Okay, so let's get started. So the first thing is, is uh, understanding people's needs. Most people believe that when you want to gather money, you have to be proficient in something, offer a service, a good or whatever. And that is true. But there are a lot of people who offer good services, products and the like, who never seem to get more money or even make money. And it is because to their detriment, they don't understand that people are irrational and they think from an emotional standpoint. And so with that, I'm going to cover these things. And uh, if you just grasp this stuff, this is going to help propel you uh, really far fast so that you'll be able to um, find different ways and avenues to get that invisible money. Okay, let's get started. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is Maslow's hierarchy of need. You probably already know this, but I'm going to just quickly go through it. In Maslow's hierarchy of need, he talked about, well, he started with uh, the six pillars, if you will, and uh, five pillars, and then he added a sixth of what people needed to self-actualize. And he said that first and foremost, we needed to have a psychological or our basic needs met. That meant that we needed to have air to breathe um, and uh, shelter. And then after that, he talked about safety. We needed to be able, if we had shelter, make sure that it was stable and that uh, we didn't have to live in fear of uh, being killed in the night by animals or, or other animals. <laughs> uh, then the next one was love and belonging. We needed to have society and to belong to a, a group and to love and be loved. And then the next one was, is that we needed to have self-esteem. This is where you can start feeling individualized to feel better about yourself. And then after that one, this is the last one he started with with a, for a while, but then he went on to add an additional one after that. But the last one in the original hierarchy of needs was self-actualization, where the person um, not only became individualized, but they sought to uh, be the best that they could be. This is where you find self-help 
help uh, peak performance and those types of things. But then in his later years, he went and amended it to add this last stage, which was self-transcendence. And with self-transcendence, that's where a person becomes altruistic, where they want to volunteer, do things for others, and make sure that they leave their environment, their group, or and even global, the global world global and world is the same, Michelle, but even on a global level where they could leave the place better than they found it. Okay. And so those are the basic needs. Now, the reason why I say this is because if you understand where the people are that you wish to work with in an economy or a marketplace, if you understand where they are on this hierarchy of needs ladder, then you will be able to give yourself a greater insight into how to position what it is that you're trying to sell to them. Okay. And I'm going to just go on and cut to the chase. Most of the time you're going to be selling the majority of services, goods, and all of that other stuff on the first three levels, the psychological safety or love and belonging levels. All right. And so um, things like running water, uh, electricity, uh, clean air, and all of that kind of stuff. Remember, that's on the psychological level. And so you find a lot of people who are in a mass market of uh, power, uh, lighting, gas, oil, and those types of things. That would be, that would really kind of be on the psychological uh, basic needs level. Uh, I said psychological, you guys, I'm sorry, physiological. I'm so used to saying psychological, physiological, you know, your basic needs level. And then safety, uh, that's going to be home, shelter, guns, uh, locks, insurance, uh, medical, and, and um, everything to help you uh, feel safe, protect your life and those types of things. And then love and belonging, that's going to be where you have uh, social media, dating sites, um, therapy, anything dealing with our interpersonal relationships. And so those bottom three are going to con- contain the majority of what is available out there in the marketplace. And then after that, your esteem and self-actualization, it goes from there. But I will say this, that it seems kind of funny that until people have satisfied these needs at the bottom, you can't really sell to them. It is hard to sell to someone a self-actualization course uh, to live their best best self when they don't have enough money to uh, satisfy the needs of their food for their family. And so that is another reason why there is wisdom in understanding how to work with these hierarchy of needs. And yes, I know that there are some controversy around it, but it still works. It's still a really good way of looking and getting a, a, a 30,000 foot view of market the market, yourself, and uh, human psyche. Okay. So now after that, I'm going to be talking about something um That's going to help you with understanding life desires, uh, secondary wants, and secret desires. And there is a book. I'm going to be recommending a few books today. There's a book. It's called Cash Vertising by Drew Eric Whitman. And uh, it is a book. It's a little dated, uh, not too far back, but it's a little dated. And it's a hardcore how to sell book, but it has some really great things in it. And so for today, I've picked out some things. And I've covered this a little bit in a previous podcast, but I just wanted to make sure that if you hadn't listened to that podcast, you were able to understand what I was saying here. Okay, so remember, we're talking about invisible income. And with invisible income, you've got to be a little more savvy because invisible income can be covert. it can be um, uh, not not only covert, but it can it can 
be where it's not so blatant. And so you really have to understand what you're doing. So with this, um, the wisdoms that I got out of this cash advertising, not all of them, but these, I want to bring them to you. And what Drew talks about are the eight life force desires and the nine learn secondary secondary wants. Okay. So you guys, I know I'm going to be hitting y'all with a lot of stuff, but you know what? Hey, you can always listen to the podcast again. Okay. So with the eight life force desires, here we go. That is, okay. So number one, survival, life extension, and life enjoyment. Number two, enjoyment of food and beverages. Three, freedom from pain, fear, and danger. Four, sexual companionship. Five, comfortable living conditions. Six, to be superior, winning, keeping up with the Joneses. Seven, care and protection of loved ones. And then eight, social approval. It's funny, but these do line up with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs pretty well. Okay, so those were the eight life force desires. Number one, survival, life extension, life enjoyment. Two, entertainment of food and beverage. Three, freedom from pain, fear, and danger. Four, sexual companionship. Five, comfortable living conditions. Six, to be superior, winning, keeping up with the Joneses. Seven, care and protection of loved ones. And eight, social approval. And then he talks about once you have satisfied this, then you can drop down to what he called the nine secondary, uh, the nine learned secondary ones. And this is where the true magic happens. And this is a lot of times where you're going to find you can get that invisible money. Okay. And that is uh, number one to be well-informed. Two, to satisfy curiosity. Three, cleanliness of body and surroundings. Four, efficiency. Five, convenience. Six, dependability and quality. Seven, expression of beauty and style. Eight, economy and profit. And nine, bargains. I'm going to say that again. The nine learned secondary ones after we have satisfied those eight life force desires are, one, to be well-informed. Two, Curiosity, three, cleanliness of body and surroundings, four, efficiency, five, convenience, six, dependability and quality, seven, expression of beauty and style, eight, economy and profit, and nine, bargains. Okay, and like I said, I'm, I'm running through these because I really have to uh, talk to you about this invisible income and how I'm going to give you some points on how to get it. But before I do that, I want to talk to you also about what a desire is and then give you the nine secret, secret desires. Okay. So a desire is really a type of tension that needs, uh, uh, that happens when your needs are not being met. So you develop a a, a tension when your needs are not being met and that becomes your desire. It actually can become what you fixate on and all you think about. And so there's actually kind of like a little formula and the formula is tension leads to desire, leads to action to satisfy the desire. So when you have tension and it turns into a desire, then you have a drive to satisfy that desire, which we can actually call a passion. Okay. So let me talk about the quick quickly about the nine secret desires that people have. All right. And this is really good. I, I use it all the time in my work and with my clients. And this is some good stuff. So buckle up. Here we go. So the nine desires are one, to feel successful. Two, to feel less mortal. Three, to feel independent. Four, to feel more secure. Five, to feel attractive. Six, to feel wanted. Seven, to feel uh, respected. Eight, to feel comfortable. And nine, to feel worth it. And so I have a few little 
dashes here to kind of further explain that. So let me go through those. And I know I'm going fast, but you can always listen to this again. Okay, wink, wink. All right. When you want to feel successful, that means, and, th and this is not exhaustive. These are just some examples. To feel successful, that means you might want to earn more money, launch a business, win with, with playing the stocks. If you want to feel less mortal, you know, uh, that might mean you want to live healthier, live longer, or have more energy. And then maybe you want to feel independent. That means you want to learn something new, master a new skill, or fix what's broken. And if you want to feel more secure, uh, that means you want to save on your purchases, build a nest egg, or have pa passive income. And that's kind of where this invisible income comes from, okay? Uh, what if you want to feel more attractive? That means you want to lose weight, get stronger, or look younger. Uh, what if you want to feel wanted? That means you want to make more friends, get dates, or have better sex. If you want to feel more respected, that means you want to get famous, earn praise, or get rewarded. Or if you want to feel comfortable, you want to sleep better, eliminate pain, and eliminate stress. Or if you want to feel worth it, maybe you want to indulge a desire, treat yourself, or have the best. Okay, so those are the nine secret desires. So real fast, I have flown you through <laughs> um, some tenets of cash advertising where we talked about the eight life force desires. Then we talked about the learned secondary wants. And then I talked to you um, about uh, an, another list where I gave you nine secret desires, okay? And remember, we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of need. All right, so now that I've got that done, let me talk to you about this whole invisible income. So the first thing I'm going to say is what invisible income is, is when you are able to get um, monies that might be um, indirect or they might be um, covert, uh, hidden, <laughs> okay? And when I say that, I, I say that because there is a lot of... Uh, money and transaction that happen every day where a person that you may not know is in the transaction is there. And let me give you some examples. So when we talk about this hidden money, a lot of times you will get uh, fees that go to brokers. They go to people who refer, they go to networks, or they even go for affiliates and invitation fees. And um, for me and what I do, a lot of times I get invisible income by the what is called affiliate income, meaning that if I... Um, recommend something that I've used because that's what I do. If I use it, read it, whatever, I recommend it. But I, 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 I at this particular time, I, I, I've not seen a need to go and just recommend something just because. Okay. But anyway, um, and someone decides to buy something from that, I may receive a little bit of consideration from the company for being the one to have told the person about it and uh, talked about my experience with it. And so affiliate income a lot of times is invisible income. Now, why is it invisible? Because now in America, USA, where I live, we have to uh, disclose to you that our links that we put in or give you uh, our affiliate links and that we may, because we may not, but we may receive some um, consideration, financial consideration, if you use that link. And that is so that we can make sure that we are transparent in that, yes, I might be recommending this and I have I've used it, I approve it, but I still may get some consideration. So that is how it's set up here. But it's still, like I said, invisible because 
it's not like you have to buy the product and then you have to turn around and pay me something. Whatever you pay for the product, the company and I, they pay me any other consideration for that. And so it's kind of like invisible income. And I started talking about this because I was having a conversation with a family member and uh, they had no clue about this part of uh, working for yourself and, and how to gain income. And they were like, you think everybody knows this. <laughs> and so um, they are really good at calling me out when I have what we call the curse of knowledge, meaning that you know a lot and you think everybody else knows a lot about what you do. And so and when I say know a lot, I'm talking about what I do. I, I don't profess to know a lot about a lot of stuff. Um, but you may know what affiliate income is and you may not. And either way, even if you just go and quickly look it up, you'll be amazed at how much is out there about affiliate income. And so, like I said before, uh, that's one way. Invitation fees, like if you invite someone into a network or a service, a lot of times you can get a referral fee. Um, brokers, when you are looking at purchasing stock, I mean, I have to pay my brokerage fees. And so um, that's another type of invisible income where that broker, whether it's for stocks or whether it's for mortgages, you know, when I was buying my home, there was a, a broker involved in and they had to, you know, have their fees taken care of. And so invisible money is um, an income is something that is out there and you need to be aware of it and you need to understand how to do it. And so that's another reason why I took the time to re, uh, to refresh uh, you on Maslow's hierarchy of needs and then some of the uh, desires and uh, the secret desires and the secondary wants so that we could get to this point. And this point is, is that say for instance, you want invisible income and you don't necessarily qualify for a lot of affiliate programs, you're not a broker, you're not in a network where you get referral fees for anything, but you still want to have that invisible income. Well, you can still do that. And with that, even though this will be more direct, it will be quote unquote indivisible, I mean, indivisible, <laughs> invisible because of how it is uh, so uh, smooth of a transaction. All right. And so one of the, the ways that you can do this now, this is not one of the ways I do things because I don't have that time and it's just not my call. But a lot of people do this and this is to become an everyday Buddha an everyday Buddha. And an everyday Buddha is someone who helps people without asking for anything in exchange, but they help enough people where they get traction. So they become known as a guru, an expert, and someone who you know, like, and trust. And so we call this a know, like, and trust campaign. And this is Another term you may have heard is relationship marketing and all of that. And so let me quickly tell you how to do that. So the first thing you would do is to get traction and attention while staying under the radar. And you're like, well, Michelle, how do you get traction and attention and still stay under the radar? Well, it's like this. You'd be useful, witty, funny, or even a clarity whisperer in the comment sections of posts, tweets, threads, subreddits, and the like that help people. Yes, you provide ideas, concepts, how-tos, or skills training on relevant, emotionally provoking, and or personal experiences and topics that you are well-skilled in. 
I know of a gentleman who started his entire career and now he has a thriving education business where all he did was he went into forums and uh, subreddits and um, when people would have questions, he would go in and he would answer them or he would drop a link to a useful piece of information and he became the person that they knew, liked, and trust. So trusted. So when he said, hey, you guys, I now have this platform where I will teach you. And because he was known, it was a smooth transition to them following him and uh, starting to learn how he taught and, and those types of things. All right. And so that was part of him working on his relationship above profit where they knew, liked, and trusted him. And thus he got that boost, but he did spend time doing all of the stuff that I talked about. He got traction and attention while being under, under the radar. He wasn't saying, oh, look at me, look at me. No, he did it by always making sure that he gave great information, but he gave it often and he gave it without necessarily saying, you know, pay me. And so because people were familiar with him and and knew of the quality that he offered and with a sunny disposition when he was ready or willing to share what he had for sale it was a smooth transition and it was so smooth it was invisible and thus he was not alerting a lot of com- would be competitors to come after him or even try to do the same thing basically it was too late because he had spent all this time preparing people for when he was ready to make his move. So that's another one. So we've talked about um, uh, the different types, and I have one more for you, uh, the different types of like go, uh, the fees where you are maybe a broker in a network, um, an invitation fee, affiliate fee, and those types of things. Or if you do a relationship marketing campaign where you do a no like, and trust campaign, it takes a little longer uh, because you have to establish yourself and you have to be consistent. But that is another way to do it. And then this other one, uh, because I have a lot of people who are like, I don't have time to do that. So here's another one. And some years ago, I put together a product and I it sold well. I don't know why I didn't continue to sell it, but I might put it back up on my website or something like that. Um, but it was, and this is a big one. Think of something from that list of desires and secondary wants um, and find one problem and provide one useful, highly useful solution for it and sell that. You can sell it by way of uh, video trainings or uh, a written format or a product or something like that. And what it is, is you're just trying to solve one thing. There is this lady and for years, people didn't know what this illness, not illness, but this problem was. And she made a lot of money. So uh, for people who still have their tonsils, sometimes their um, sinuses and things do some weird stuff. And there are these, um, I don't even know what to call them besides what they're called. Well, they're called tonsil stones and they can be irritating, but more so they can be uh, aggravating because if you don't get them out, They can cause you to have very bad breath and they can cause every time you swallow, you can feel it. And uh, so the lady, she suffered with that a lot. And at the time, nobody really knew what what it was. They were like, it's just gunking my tonsils. My tonsils are inflamed or whatever it was. And so she came up with some type of herbal uh, remedy 
to not only get rid of them, but make sure they didn't come back. And she wrote it up and she put it into an ebook and she started to sell it. And it wasn't her full-time job. She just sold, sold it on the internet. And it con- it continues, from what my understanding is, it continues to this day to sell very well because it is something very specific. It is a one problem, one solution kind of thing that people, when they realize they have this situation, they do it. There was this other guy. He would get canker sores and he would try all these different products. And then he discovered something that worked for him. And he made the suggestion to a few other people, different genders, different ethnicities, and it worked for them as well. So he knew he was on to something. He did the same thing and sold a little uh, how-to booklet. And that became as well some more invisible income because it was under the radar, you, you know, and people know what they're looking for specifically, and they just made sure they use good keywords. So now that I spent all that time telling you about that, let me um, talk to you a little bit about how to start setting yourself up for invisible income. And here comes the big wisdom smack. With invisible income, for the most part, it should you should focus on being okay with slow money instead of fast money. And that's another reason why it's invisible money. There was this movie a long, oh, not a long time ago. I think it starred Catherine Zeta Jones in it, and it was called Entrapment. And I always remembered that what the the deal was, and it was uh, she found some kind of way to have a uh, software system that would take one penny off of e- or like a, a tenth of a penny off of each transaction and and divert it to. Uh, her bank account or, or whatever the person's bank account was. Well, these transactions, it was so many of them that however it did it, it ended up being millions of dollars that were diverted. But because it was incremental, it was invisible. And thus, it was invisible income because when you're shaving off of a, a tenth of a penny, um, and but you've got a whole trillions of transactions, you can easily skim off millions of dollars before a lot of people are, are aware of what's going on. And when I was working on this for this podcast, I thought about that. So I wanted to make sure I said that. So slow money over fast money. And what that means is, is if, for instance, you are interested in having this invisible income, don't just think that it's going to be one thing that's going to make you explode. Be willing to have multiples because if, for instance, you manage to make $200 with one thing and you make $20 with another, you still will end up with um, $300 plus or actually more than that uh, for the for the year. So that's $300 more you generated by just having those things out there. And the average entrepreneur worth their salt will tell you, you have to have at minimum seven forms of income. And so invisible income should be part of that arsenal. So many people are always trying to get more income. And the first thing they think about is get a second job. But instead of a second job, I want you to consider getting a form or forms of invisible income and understand that you're going to have to have more of them. Now, really quickly, in the book, um, Blue Ocean Shift, so that's the book, one of the books I want to uh, mention, they talk about going beyond the customer to find the non-customer. And if you're wanting to have 
this invisible income, consider going after the people that no one is expecting to buy the kind of services that you offer and then find a way to do it. And one of the fastest ways is to go back and look at what you have in your arsenal based on these things. So in the few minutes I have left, I'm going to talk to you about uh, some areas in your uh, personal power that you can probably tap to be able to find and make your own pool of people that you can go after to generate personal um, invisible income. Okay. And so after under this, I've talked about this before, but I want to talk about some personal powers and the different types. So we've got expert power. Of course, that's self-explanatory. It's when you have some type of superior experience, skill, or knowledge. But then there is informational power. And that's where it might be short term, but you possess the information needed to do a specific thing. Doesn't that sound like one problem, one solution? Yeah, but then here is a big one and it's called connection power. And this is the one that you use when you have influence or you have a broad spectrum of uh, contacts where you're able to put powerful people together, where you network them. And by putting them together, you get a finder's fee, an invitation fee, or a referral or a network fee. And so don't sleep on that, okay? And then the next one is like the one that I told you about with the guy going in and uh, answering all the questions, and it's called referent power. And it comes from being highly uh, respected, influential, and even being charismatic and having high integrity. It's where you now can uh, kind of, not kind of, but you can uh, take advantage of the respect that you have garnered. Uh, by doing what you do. And so taking these, if you're an expert and you know how to do something really well, you can definitely parlay that into this um, invisible income that we're talking about. But for the most part, if you just kind of look at informational and connection, like what is something that you quickly know? One solution, one problem. Or with the connection, who do you know that you can put together? And by putting them together, you could possibly get a finder's fee or a referral fee? Those are some of the questions that you can ask. And so what I want to do, because I am out of time, is I want to invite you to try to find at least one new invisible power before the end of the year that you can engage in, whether it is something where you get a fee or it is something you create. And thank you so much. Yes, my time is up, y'all. I sure do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another wisdom smack. Don't forget to check the show links and use our affiliate link to help the show out at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.